Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. As we're going through these uh, minor prophets again, we're going through um, about six of the minor prophets. I want to encourage you, uh, next week uh, we're going to cover the book of Joel. Joel. So uh, feel free to start reading that this week. But however, today we're going to cover the book of Hosea. And Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject you that you shall be no priest to me seeing you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. I want to encourage you There's a there's a um, website on YouTube called The Bible Project. And this is a fabulous tool that you can use to get an understanding of the Bible, uh, each book in the Bible. I like it because I'm a simple person. It's in cartoon fashion. And they're only six to seven minutes each. So please feel free to uh, uh, check it out. So we're covering the book of Hosea, and I want to talk to you on the subject uh, salvaged, salvaged. And I want to borrow, uh, I'll just say, I'm going to use you, sir. You can just take that. And, okay, I'll use you. Okay. And. Yep, so you can just hold that and we'll get back to you. Praise the Lord. Talk to you about the subject salvage. And I want to cover five areas. They all begin with C and that way you can follow me. I want to talk about context, the context of the book of Hosea. I want to talk about contemporaries. I want to talk about the crime. I want to talk about the consequence. And finally, the covenant. Again, context, contemporaries, crime, consequence, and covenant. If you want to um, put the book of Hosea, in, which is in the Old Testament, if you want to put it in context, the book or the ministry of Hosea went from 755 B.C. to 710 B.C. Now, that's important because... If you remember, I told you that the nation of Israel, uh, they started as a kingdom under Saul. Then the kingdom was passed on to David. Then the next king, the third king, was Solomon. And because Solomon worshipped idols, God split the kingdom. There was a revolt. And ten nations uh, pulled out of Israel and became the northern kingdom and, and took the name Israel. And then the southern kingdom, which was two uh, tribes, became uh, the nation of Judah, 
because they remained under the family of Judah, which was David's tribe. Are you following me so far? So you have, so it can be confusing reading the Bible because all of a sudden you're reading about Israel and Judah and there was a king in one place, but there was a king in another place. It's because the nation had split. And the nation of Judah, which was the southern kingdom, which was also where Jerusalem was, where the priests worship, etc. Uh, they had some bad kings and they had some good kings. Then the nation of Israel, which was the northern kingdom, the ten tribes, every one of their kings were evil. Every one of their kings were tainted with the doctrine and the influence of Ahab and Jezebel. Are you following me so far? And so because they were wicked, God was so upset with them. Again, the northern kingdom, the kingdom uh, called Israel, he was so upset with them that in 722 B.C., he allowed the nation of Assyria to come in and wipe them out. And that was the end of the uh, Israel, the nation of Israel, as we know it in the Bible. So, for example, uh, the nation of Israel that we know now, or the word Jewish, actually comes from those who are from the tribe of Judah. Are you following me so far? So when you see, when you hear about uh, Israel as a nation, it's really the the tribes of David, Judah, uh, and the two tribes that uh, ended up staying with uh, David, including uh, Solomon, including Judah. So that's to just give you a context. So the point is, what's the point? Remember, from 755 B.C., to 710 BC, Hosea is prophesying to the northern nation, Israel, saying, basically, get your act together. And finally, God had enough in 722 BC and said, it's over and allowed Assyria to come to wipe them out. My point is, is that for 33 years, God was telling Israel to repent and they would not. And my point is, I believe whenever judgment drops on a person, they've been warned a whole lot of times before the, before the hammer dropped. Now, we may be shot like, oh, how could that happen? Oh, I didn't know. Oh. But trust me, trust me, just knowing, all my, just knowing about my own life, God sends warning after warning after warning until finally he says, that's enough, and he drops the hammer. Can you say amen? Now, when you read the Bible, you've got to understand that though the Bible is sequential, in other words, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, it's, it's, it wasn't, it's not a relay race. Okay, so when you read in the Bible, it's not like Isaiah finishes, then he passes the baton on to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah runs, and then he passes it on to Daniel, and no, it these these men, these ministries sometimes served in the same era. So you have in the same era uh, contemporaries. So uh, the point here is that Hosea had contemporaries, meaning uh, Isaiah and Amos and Micah, they all served in the same era. Are you with me so far? So, for example, uh, uh, 
if you look at music, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, and Katy Perry. I don't care if you like their music or not, but the point is, is that they are contemporaries. Are you with me so far? Uh, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, they all played in the same era. They were contemporaries. So you need to know that when you, when you read the book of Hosea, other individuals were ministering at the same time. Hosea is dealing with a crime that Israel committed against the Lord. And this is where it gets heavy. And the crime is idolatry. Idolatry. When we worship anything other than God, it is idolatry. And God <laughs> is so offended with idolatry that he compares it to us engaging in spiritual prostitution. Because God looks at us like Jesus looks at us. We are the bride of Christ. We are married to him. We are in covenant in him, with him. When people get married, they make a covenant, not a contract. Will you take this woman to be your wife, to have and to hold for this day forward, for well, only one person said that. For better. For any married people here. Are there going to be some worse times? Some of y'all say worser. <laughs> for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. And that's one reason why I can tip my hat off to my own mom. That in, you know, there's going to be some sick days. And can you stick it out because you made a covenant? No one twisted your arm up here. Well, let me look at the clock. I'm not getting any help. No one told you to spend uh, fifteen to $25,000 and invite all your friends to the party. And then you realize after the wedding over, it's not a party. Mm. If, you're if you're sitting next to somebody who's single, tell them you better mind. You better listen to this guy. The crime is idolatry. The word idolatry comes from two Latin words, idol, which means a mental or physical image, a mental or an actual physical in image, and a tree means to, is a Greek word, which means to worship. So idolatry is to worship a mental or a physical image. And the first commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 4, it says, you shall not worship any graven image. I don't want anybody or anything worshipped ahead of me. Worship is so important to God. Worth-ship, putting God in a position of worth. He doesn't want anybody worth more to you and I than him. And yet the world system 
is geared to distract us from worshiping God. One minister said it this way. The thing that will kill a man of God is the glory, the girls, and the gold. Amen. And the thing that will kill a woman of God. Three G's. The glory, the guys, and the gold. In other words, all that is in the world, James chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 says, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, oh, I just got to have it, and the pride of life. That's what's in the world. And the world is always giving us images to try to draw us away from God, to try to cause us to worship God. And trust me, your worship can be measured by your bank account. Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, verse 20, 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So you can say hallelujah, hallelujah, all you want. But where's your money going? Mm. Let's look at some images that we worship. Can I get one of the first image? Mm. We worship an image. In other words, the lust of the flesh. When I get married, my wife got to look like Beyonce. I, I want, I, I, I want, I want people when they see my wife, they say, man, he got it going on. That, that's, that's the lust of the eyes. It's quiet in here. Mm. Mm. I don't care what kind of character she has, as long as she's fine, because I want my boys to say, yo, yo, brother. I don't care what kind of life he's living, as long as he's fine. Mm. It's quiet in here. That's all right. I was asking a question to a young lady. Is he saved? He goes to church. That's like saying, is he a mechanic? He walked through a garage. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> if you saw a flight attendant come out of the cockpit of the plane you were going on, and then went back in, I think you would be concerned. How much more with your life? What other images do we worship? I'm not talking about Facebook, although that too, but I'm talking about the idea of I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to make money. I want to be important. That thing feeding the pride of your life. I don't want to work for anybody. I, I want, I want to blow up. I want to be big. And we're chasing a mental image. I can't go to church because I'm working on my thing. I don't have time for devotions and spending time with God because I'm working on my thing. Let's get another image. Mm. Mm. We will skip paying tithes and support missions because I got to have that 
Because if I have that and I get the car bumping, I want, I, I pull next, I, I'm at a red light and I put the windows down so you can hear my music bumping. I'm like, yeah, you like my car, don't you? I remember one time my cousin, I, I had a, I had a, 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 a Volvo and that time that was the, that was the bougie car. And I remember my cousin, he, he said, no, I know, they had the sunroof and whatnot. And he looked at me and said, Brian, if I had this car, man, I'd be getting all sorts of women. See, again, this mentality. Worshiping image. One more image. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't work. Look, look. You can like the image. There's, there's nothing wrong with liking the image. Just don't worship it. Oh, yeah. I ain't walking in here with no sparky dockies. Come on, folks. I looked at these sneakers and I said, they are not worth that money. But because this guy's logo's on it, people can go, oh, those are nice. And so I bought them. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. Turns to your neighbor and say, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. The problem is when nice things have you. Next thing. Next thing. Next thing. Mm -hmm. We worship at certain schools because we want people to think we're important. Parents putting pressure on their kids. You have to go to this school to make me look good. I want to see that that certain school at the end of your name. Mm. I want everybody to know. Ah, images. Everybody with me so far? So God says to he says to Hosea, I've had enough. And so what we're going to do, Hosea, we're going to give, we're going to give Israel a YouTube video of what they've been doing to me. So this is what I want you to do, Hosea. I know you're a holy man, but I want you to marry a prostitute. Now, you all just read this story, but if, if God said, Brian, I want you to marry a prostitute, I was like, God, really? I know this is the devil. And I don't want anybody coming around saying, you know, oh, the Lord told me to marry this prostitute and this prostitute. I just do sequential prostitutes. <laughs> so he marries this prostitute. Her name is Gomer. And her name means completion, which means God basically said, this is it. You're done. I'm now going to complete the judgment that I have on you. He marries Gomer, and then they have the first child whose name is Jezreel. And, her, and his name means God scatters because God says, I'm going to bring judgment and I'm going to scatter you all across the world and you will never be a nation again. 
he has another, uh, he has a daughter named Loharama, and her name means not pitied, meaning that not only am I going to drop the hammer on you, but I'm not even going to have any pity when I drop the hammer. There are some times when God drops the hammer of judgment, and he can, and his judgment can be ruthless. And then the final child they have is Loami. He's a son, which means not mine. And this is the sad thing where God says, You're no long, you no longer belong to me. I disown you. And the whole point of this is that we can't keep playing with sin and playing with sin and playing with sin and think that the law of the spirit will not take place, which is be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians chapter says, whatever a man keeps doing, he is going to, she is going to reap. Gomer steps out on Hosea and starts returning to her her prostitution. And Hosea is commanded to go to the house of prostitution and buy her back. In other words, buy her back from her pimp. Redeem her. As a sign that I, though you've done this to me, I will still redeem you. Amen. I want to pause right there. I want to release the Sunday school students and the teachers. And then we want to pick up with this. Well, this idolatry takes place in the form of chapter 4, verse 6, where God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because thou has rejected knowledge, this I will reject you. Now, the word knowledge, and, and I like the way our brother Cameron put it, the word knowledge means to know what is written. Say that with me. Knowledge? To know what is written. Does anybody have a Bible here? Like a real Bible? Not an app. Okay, good. And, and so, to know knowledge, to know what my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he says, and because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you. Are you with me? Knowledge means to know the ledger. Are you with me? To know the ledger. In a ledger, there are accounts. And so God is saying, you need to know the account. Okay? You need to know this book. You need to know how you stand with this book. There's a various accounts. The Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. Uh, thou shalt not bear false witness against your name. I mean, these are accounts. Are you with me? Know the account. But he said, 
but you rejected knowledge. The word reject is two Latin words, re, which means back. So replay, play it back. And jecto, which means to throw. So when he says you rejected knowledge, he basically says this. I've given you, I've given you some knowledge. I've given you uh, an account on how you should live your life. And you rejected it, meaning that reject. You threw it back to me. I've given you knowledge of do not have premarital sex. And you threw it back to me and said, I ain't doing that. It's summertime. God, you don't understand. It's 85 degrees out there. Do you see what I see? You don't understand. And God's like, I don't understand. You know how many women were following Jesus? <laughs> Nobody wants to. Everybody thinks of Jesus. He's a holy man. Jesus has some fine women around him. How, how do you know? Because the Bible says he was tempted in always. Yo, Jesus is sitting at a well and a fine Canaanite woman comes up to him and he's like, just John chapter four. This is the, this is the urban version. Yo, baby, you give me something to drink. Now, how do you know she was fine? Because she already had five men. You all are so, not my Jesus. Not my Jesus. You think Je Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus carried his cross for a whole, all through the city. So, pardon me, Jesus. Dude had to be built. Don't let the road fool you. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Help him. Yet without sin. Another picture. The woman caught in adultery. She had to be fine. And the Bible says... He who's well saying what? what? Look, we're talking about the. This is in the Bible. I know you all looking at me like I'm making this up. Like I didn't hear it in that version though. <laughs> and he who's out said, John eight read for yourself. Cast the first stone, right? And what happened? They all left, and who was left there? Now Jesus could have said, "Well, you know, baby, now that everybody's gone." And don't think the devil was like, well, you know, nobody will find out Jesus. So my point is he understands what you are going through. Yo, the guy died at 33. 
I know I wasn't dead at 33. I ain't even dead at 58. Praise the Lord. Young people, for real, for real? Because some of you all, I don't know, you want to go to the, to the church of nursery rhymes. One day, there was a man named Noah. And a big flood came. And all the bad people. Your idolatry for what you lust for with your eyes, what you lust for in your flesh, what feeds your pride will cause you to reject the word of God. And for that, there is consequences. He says, when you reject the covenant and the covenant they rejected, because you may say, well, they didn't have a word of God. Yes, they did. They had a covenant found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Where God says, this is our contract. This is our covenant. If you do this, first 14 verses, I will bless you. If you do this, about 50 verses, I will curse you. And Lord have mercy. It's like nothing is left uncursed. It's like if you wrote it this time, I, I curse your shoelaces. I curse your buttons. I mean, everything is cursed. Because God is about being number one. He has a problem when somebody replaces him for worship. And Israel kept worshiping idol after idol, Baal and 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 no Jezebel brought in all sorts of and finally God said, I had enough. I made a covenant with you. I brought you out of Egypt. You weren't even a people. I made you into a people. I sent 10 plagues to deliver you from the most powerful nation in the world. And then I opened the Red Sea, allow you to walk on dry land, close it up and killed your enemies so you would see them no more. And then going into your promised land, I split the Jordan River. You walked over on dry land, closed that up. Then you came to Jericho, a wall that was impregnable, and all you did was walk around it, and I brought it down, and this is how you do me? The consequence of this is he says, you will, you will be destroyed. This word destroy, uh, D-E meaning uh, uninstruo, uh, for example, destruction or instruct means to build inside. Obstruct, like we're hearing a lot about obstruction in je of justice, means to build in front of. But destruct means to unbuild. In other words, so God says, I'm going to, because you are worshiping idols and because you took knowledge and threw it back in my face, I am going, you're not, you are going to be, or you're going to reap destruction. And so he says, uh, my people of choice for knowledge, for those rejected knowledge, I will also reject you 
that you would be no priest to me. What does that mean? You will be undone in your priesthood. What do you mean? A prophet talks to people for God. So right now I'm standing basically as a place of a prophet. I am speaking God's word to you. A priest speaks to God for people. So what God is basically saying is that when we serve idols, we lose our ability to talk to God. God says to to, to uh, Moses, I want my whole nation, Exodus chapter 19, I want my whole nation, I want everybody to be a priest. But what happened was that when Israel saw what it took to talk to God, read the account. Moses goes up to talk to God. There is fireworks. There is thunder. There's and people are like, yo, man, you go up there and you talk to God and tell us what he said. Because, nah, 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 that's okay. I'm straight. You, you talk to God. And God's like, I want everybody to be a priest. And thank God, God got his wish through Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, all you all are priests. So you can go straight to God for yourself and for people. That's good news. That's good news. Now, the challenge is, is that on your job, when someone says to me, would you pray for me? They're asking you to be their priest. I need you to talk to God for me. And the, and the good news, there must be something in your life that they actually believe that God will hear you. Turn your neighbor and say, neighbor. The problem is, do you believe that God will hear you? Some of your coworkers have more faith in you than you. And it's not about having your life all together. Notice, it's not about the idolatry. It's about the lack of repentance for it. The thing that God hates, God, God, as much as he hates sin, he doesn't hate the sinner. This is good news. God, God's like, Jamie, I knew you were going to sin, so I already made a provision for you to, to clean that up. What's the, what's the provision? If I confess my sin. But most of us are trying to hide it. We're, we're like the little kid saying, what's that behind your back? We act like our children. And God says, repent. Stop that. Or else you'll be rejected from your priesthood. You're rejected from your priesthood. That's what happened to Adam when he sinned. He was rejected from his priesthood, his his ability to talk to God. And all of a sudden, in Genesis chapter 3, God comes down to talk to Adam and he says, Adam, where are you? And I believe the Holy Spirit is saying that to some of us right now. Where are you? Where, not, not, I, I know you're in 77 Columbia Street, but where are you? Where are you spiritually? Where are you in the essence of who you are. Where are you? Where are you? When you look at the space of your life right now, where are you? 
I look at my life right now, I'm like, okay, I'm two years from 60. Uh, where, where, where am I? Brian, Brian, where are you right now? What's the content? What do you need to be thinking about? Where are you? Do you have a friend that can tell you where you really are? And some of us right now, we're, we're, we're in a season of some tough, well, it's not winter, I was going to say some tough sledding, but some tough rowing. And, and we're, we're rowing hard, and it seems like the winds are blowing against us. That does not mean that you have sinned and messed up. It may mean that God has something so powerful for you that the devil is sending everything against you so you don't reach the destination. Amen. But I got good news for you. The winds are about to change. Hallelujah. And the time's going to come when, you can, when you'll be able to stop rowing and just put down the sails. And every little thing is going to be all right. But God in his goodness says, I got to, I know that your crime has caused some consequences, but I have good news for you. I still have a covenant with you. And with all of the bad stuff that seems to be happening, God illustrating their backsliding and illustrating their idolatry and showing judgment and consequences in Assyria comes in ruthlessly and the things they they did to Israel was just horrific God says but here's the promise in this last chapter of Hosea says oh Israel return to me or return to the Lord your God for you have been crushed by your sins yep bring your petition come to the Lord and say oh Lord take away our sins be gracious to us and receive us and we will offer you the sacrifice of praise. Never again will we call the idols that we have made our gods for you alone. Uh, give the fatherless mercy. Then I, the Lord, will cure you of your idolatry. Thank you, Jesus. And your faithfulness and my love will know no bounds for my anger will be forever gone. The beautiful thing about God is that he doesn't stay angry. Don't let the enemy do the reverse to you. In other words, don't let the enemy now cause you to think that God will not forgive. Hosea, his name means salvation are you with me so far and I want to end with this to really encourage you his name means salvation and the word salvation I want you to give you a picture of salvation of not simply being saved from sin but the word salvation also means to salvage to salvage so we have this piece of paper. And what's wrong with that piece of paper, sir? Just a ribbon. And, and so some of us, 
our lives are torn up. Amen. Anybody have any torn up lives? Torn up. And then we have this one here. What's wrong with this? Stained. It, some, some of our lives are stained. Messy. This is coffee. Just, just life just can be messy. And we, we want to look like this, but our lives look like this. Can I get a witness? We, you know, we, we want to, we want to look whole, but life has, seems to have ripped some heavy inflictions of consequences on us. Are you with me? But this is, this is the good news. This is the good news. I'm going to ask the two of you, if you could bring up. Because, you see, the beautiful thing about the salvaging of God, get in your mind the picture of this This looks like a mess that just should be thrown out. But God is saying, I can salvage this. (laughs) Some of us, our lives are all torn up. Finances torn up. Stuff torn up. And God says, I'm not going to throw this out like trash. I can salvage this. And there's two things that God will salvage. And then we'll pray. He can salvage self, meaning my my life, my life can be a mess. And I can't, I, I'll talk for me, there are areas in my life that are messy, that I wish looked like this, but look like this. And God says, I can fix that mess. And there's this part here where our lives are all torn up. And God says, don't throw away yourself. Watch this. Don't throw away your situation. I can fix that. And so what we do, we we bring our situation to God, who is the salvager. And we bring our situation to God. And we give it to God. And what God, no, 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 no. You don't return. Because what God does is that he takes it, he takes the mess, and he turns it into something recycled. And what was ugly and stained now becomes beautiful. Now becomes something worth buying in the store our lives torn up and we just give it to God and God says, I can, I can salvage this mess. I can salvage this mess. In fact, I'll take that mess and recycle it and make it something beautiful, something that says what lies behind us and what lies before us are small compared to what lies within us. And then there's a heart that says, I believe in you. And then it says, now 
Glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we ever dared ask, even dare to dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers and desires and thoughts and hopes. He's able to do that. We serve a God who can salvage our mess, who can salvage our situations if we would only come to him.